Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Bruce Kirsch. Thanks for being on the show, Bruce. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Bruce is the founder of REFM and the creator of Valuate Software, the fastest growing property valuation and investment analysis platform in the world. REFM is the premier financial modeling solutions provider for Excel-based financial spreadsheet models, financial modeling training, financial modeling, consulting for real estate transactions of all types. REFM provides its customers with the advanced financial modeling knowledge, tools, and skills they need to successfully model their transactions and present them with confidence. So Bruce, it sounds like a lot of stuff we need to know about in this business that, you know, what you're doing and, and give the listeners a little more about, you know, your background and your focus right now. Sure. Well, yeah, that's definitely a mouthful. I, I think I need to streamline some of that copy on, on the website and LinkedIn because it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, we provide tools and solutions and training that relate to financial modeling for commercial real estate transactions. So, for instance, if you want to go out and acquire an apartment building or you want to develop a hotel or you want to develop a major mixed-use project, we have templates and tools and provide consulting services for all of those endeavors. As you and your audience likely know, you know, pro formas are basically a way of organizing information and setting up a checklist of sorts for your financial due diligence and for feasibility to see at what price do I like a particular transaction, right? Every investment's good at a particular price. And so it, we help people to zero in and solve for what they find to be an attractive price, uh, given a certain perception of risk and go and present that information in an attractive manner so that they can raise capital, bring on other financial stakeholders, both on the debt and the equity side. Nice, nice. So I guess, you know, what really got you into this business, you know, being able to create a template like this for us to help analyze deals possibly or, or be able to present them well? I'd like to get into, you know, the ways that we present them to help in raising capital as well. Yeah, so... I got into this in sort of a roundabout way. That's funny how life can take you in different routes and you might end up somewhere where you didn't anticipate. But basically, the short version is when I was growing up and when I was entering college, I wanted to be the next Steven Spielberg. And naturally, that did not pan out for me. I did work in Hollywood for a little bit after I graduated from college and then I decided that it just wasn't the right fit for me. But the thread that is important here is that when you're a filmmaker, you're telling stories. And when you're putting together a pro forma, you're really just telling a story about a property and about money and about opportunities and risks. And so that sort of narrative mindset that I've always had, and I did some decent amount of photography when I was in college, and this is when photography still involved chemicals in a darkroom and digital was just, just starting to come out. I used to spend hours upon hours in the dark room, you know, sometimes perhaps even skipping some other classes of other subjects to try to perfect, you know, these sort of fine art type photographs that I was doing. 
and you might say, why is he telling me about this? And the reason I'm telling you is because it's about presentation. Mm. And, you know, when somebody takes a look at a photograph or even a printout of a spreadsheet, they make an instantaneous judgment about the veracity of that and the trustworthiness of that and the attractiveness of that. And so the combination of this narrative mindset, a very high regard and discipline for perfecting presentation, and then an interest in business and an interest in the physical world and the real estate business, it's all sort of come together in in this very perfect fitting profession for me, which is fortunate for me that I've sort of found this. And this is effectively what I help people do. I help people put together stories about money that look pretty. No, that's awesome. So I guess tell the listener about how, or what's important when we're making this presentation, what are some key things, you know, or or maybe problems that you see time and time again, that obviously you're creating a way to fix those problems, but you know, what are some things in the industry that you see over and over that people do wrong that, that we need to make sure we have correct in our presentation? First and foremost, you always need to consider the audience whenever you're making a presentation. And so, you know, if you are perhaps a principal, you know, sponsor of a potential transaction, and you are out there looking to raise potential equity and debt, naturally, you want something that looks juicy, right? Something that looks good. And you need to consider that any sophisticated group, whether it's a debt group or an equity group, is going to take whatever you give them and they're going to chop it off at the knees, right? So if you go to them initially with something that looks mediocre, you're not going to get a phone call back, right? And your reputation will then be, well, he doesn't really you know, have a good eye for opportunities. And so... You know, it's a little bit of a lie in a sense in that, you know, when you go out initially, you have to present something in its best possible light. And knowing that the person on the other side of the table is going to give it a haircut, so to speak, something which I don't really have much need for anymore these days. As my four-year-old daughter says, you cut your hair off and it didn't come back. And so she <laughs> said, when, when is your hair going to grow? She says, and I said, well, that ship has sailed. Yeah, so you have to consider the audience. You want to come out with a strong presentation. That said, you can't fool yourself, right? Because if you're fooling yourself, you're probably not fooling other people. And you don't want to fool other people, but you do want to entice them, right? So there is that. You know, just from a technical perspective, the number of mistakes that we can and do make in our spreadsheets, whether it be a faulty assumption or formulas that are incorrect and aren't wired up correctly, it's just innumerable. So we are our own worst enemy when it comes to uh, analyzing transactions, both with respect to sloppiness, laziness, oversights, mistakes, and arrogance and conceit about my transaction, my building, my development is going to be better than all the rest. Well, if every developer thinks that, 99% of them must be wrong. Right. That's right. Because there is only going to be one quote unquote best in class. So we are fallible. And the best that we can do is to be honest with ourselves and to be able to move quickly and nimbly. Because as you know, you need to know where to focus your energy. You need to know where to focus your time. 
I mean, we're already at the end of March here, and I'm sure a lot of people are feeling a lot of pressure to put capital out and to get transactions tied up. And it's not a quick moving business, you know, especially for transactions of a particular scale, right? You're doing, you know, 90 days due diligence, 120 days due diligence. And, and then, you know, if you're developing, you have to design and get permits. And so it's, it can be a glacial process in terms of the speed of execution, which can be very frustrating. Or it could be quite quick, you know, if you're just going to, on the other end of the spectrum, go out and, and flip a single family house or a townhome or a condo or something like that. Anything else in the presentation that is so is most important for us to remember? First is, you know, the eyes eat before the mouth, right? It should look beautiful. It can never look too good. It needs to be readable. So, you know, taking so much information and condensing it down into a letter-sized piece of paper that basically nobody can read it without a magnifying glass isn't useful and it makes you look like a rookie, right? So if you want or have to or need to print out and format things for a legal size or a tabloid size, do it, you know? Someone can't evaluate your deal if they can't read the numbers, right? If they're squinting to see what is happening here, okay? So imagine, you know, you go out and you buy a book at the bookstore and you can't read the story. It's pretty frustrating, right? And so you're probably just going to put it down after about 10 seconds. So it needs to be communicable and easily digested. And I think labeling is a very important thing. It needs to be intuitive, right? Somebody should be able to, if they stumble upon a printout of your pro forma, the, you know, the executive summary page or the assumptions tab or something, they should be able to read it from you know, the top left corner to the bottom right corner and glean the story. What is this transaction? Where's the property? How big is it? What's the property type? How are we buying it? With what percentage debt and what percentage equity? How are rents and operating income going to grow over the holding period? At what point are we going to exit? Are we going to do a refinance in between? What are our net returns on an equity basis? Those basic things, if you cannot glean those rapidly from whatever the presentation is, whether it's on the screen or a printed page, you're shooting yourself in the foot. You have to make it easily understood in about 25, 30 seconds. Yeah, that makes complete sense. You got to be able to understand it. And if it can be done in 30 seconds, that's even better. So what else about the presentation or, you know, to make it look the best, you know, to gain that trustworthiness and attractiveness, you know, like you were talking about, you know, and really present the best possible way, anything else that really just makes it stand out above your competition? What are those things going to be? Well, formatting is sort of half of the battle, right? So that formatting, you know, things should be consistent, right? If you're showing percentages and you're going to do two decimal places after the period for one percentage, all percentages should be formatted that way. We're just for the sake of people being able to process things, right? If you're going to use prefixes or suffixes, right? Is it PSF or is it per SF or is it something else? Keep it consistent, right? Most of the numbers that are going to be on these presentations are currency values, right? They're, in our case, dollar values. But if it's not a currency value, that unit of measure needs to be evident. You don't want people saying, are they talking about rentable square feet here or gross? So custom formatting of some sort where you're putting on a suffix like GSF, PSF, RSF, those types of things are very helpful for people, right? So they process the non-currency value items and read through the story in a fluid manner, right? You don't want people saying, well, what is 
they're looking at the left-hand column of the page, and by the second number down, they're they're saying, "What is this?" Right. So it just needs to be very, very dummy-proof to use an expression that some people might take offense to, but it needs to be foolproof, right? Yeah. You want to be able to present to someone, maybe they have a certain level of sophistication, maybe they don't, but they can walk away and say, oh, I learned about this real estate opportunity today. And, and they can basically repeat the narrative of the situation. The pilots, you know, talked about presenting them with confidence internally to potential partners, lenders, investors. And, you know, you had mentioned you all do training. And so what type of training helps people to be able to present things like this the best? There is no substitute for practice, 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 and good habits. So adopting good habits and then implementing them and sticking by them, you know, staying consistent with your presentation and taking the care to format and so on. So there's sort of two parts of it. One is, you know, do your numbers make sense? You know, do you have formulas that are sound? and are producing values that are reasonable, uh, is the math correct, so to speak? And then there is, how does it look, you know, from a presentation perspective, right? You know, I mean, you just think about, you know, like a, a PowerPoint presentation where, you know, things are sort of slopped onto the slide, or as opposed to a very beautiful PowerPoint presentation, right? People are going to make these judgments instantaneously. And then it could be a terrific opportunity, but if it just slops something together, you're not communicating that. And it's unfortunate, but humans are superficial in that regard. And it only takes a millisecond for someone to either say, oh, I, this strikes me as interesting or this strikes me as a mess. Right. Yeah. So I guess give us a little insight of as far as like how somebody in this business in the syndication business works with your platform and what does that process look like? Yeah, so let's say you have a, an opportunity to acquire a property or develop a property and you, and you want to be able to attract capital and you have all of the raw data, and but you need a way to present it, right? I met with somebody this morning, he's a hotel developer and he's been doing it for a long time, but he's not pleased with his Excel template. And so we talked and I showed him what we have and he said, wow, this looks terrific. You know, I want to get this so that I can basically present my deals in this format. And so that's just a very basic way. It's like, I provide that template, right? You've got a deal, you have the local market knowledge, you know what rents are going to be, you know how things are going to grow, you know what kind of debt financing you can get, at what rate, and then you're plugging in all those inputs, really. It's just data variables that you're plugging in, and then calculations are being carried out just by the, the math and you're getting outputs. So we provide, basically, it's a plug-and-play solution, whether it be our Excel templates or the Valuate software platform to allow people to get something presentable very rapidly and then share it to gauge interest and move conversations forward. Nice. So as far as like photos and maybe maps of the area and things like that, is that something you can also put with it? Or, you know, how do to like create an investment summary or something like yeah, that? Yeah, we don't do so much with pictures personally <laughs> because there's just so much to account for and present on the numeric side. But yeah, I mean, any level of sort of, you know, if you're putting together an investment memo or, you know, something to raise capital, naturally, yeah, you have to set the scene. You need to tell people where this is and what does it look like and all of those types of things. That's just sort of, those are the basics of just 
getting somebody oriented to what is the property, where is it, you know, what state is it in, when was it built, the physicality of the real estate, which is very, very important. But we don't tend to add value, quite frankly, on that front. But we pair that with all of the financials. Sure, sure. So tell me about the, like the financial modeling training, financial modeling consulting, you know, and why that's important. Well, you're going to outsource a lot of things in your business. Maybe you outsource graphic design and you outsource your accounting. You can also outsource your financial modeling, which is a service that we provide. But it's best if you also have that capability such that you can validate and vet what you get back. You know, a lot of the times people will come to us for assistance. They have the skills. They have the knowledge. They have the savvy. They don't have the time right? Mm -hmm. They need more bandwidth. And so at some point or over quite a long time over their careers, they took trainings like ours and they worked, they've been in the trenches, you know, running spreadsheets, you know, until 11 o'clock at night and so on. So they understand these things. And so it really, you know, it's a language of its own. And over time, you will develop judgment as to when you see something presented to you, does it look right, right? And generally speaking, if something looks too good to be true, there's been a mistake somewhere. Prime example is you have this ridiculously high IRR and multiple inequities. And wow, this looks phenomenal at this price. But really what's happened in the model is there was some programming error and the land was never purchased. You put the deposit on the land, but you never closed on the land. Or you closed on the land but you paid off the senior debt, but you never paid off the MES debt, or you never paid off any of the debt, right? So basically, those sort of big types of things are usually what are missing or awry if things look way, way too good to be true. Wow. So Bruce, what is some way right now that you would suggest people, other than maybe how they present their deal to investors, what's a way that they could improve their syndication business? There's a saying, which is, Bad deals chase money and the money chases the good deals. So first and foremost, you need to get your pipeline to its best possible state. If you're a principal, generally speaking, your value add is not bringing capital. It's controlling transactions, right? Getting something under control that you can then get financed with debt and equity. And Really, if you want to have a thriving business as a sponsor or principal of real estate transactions, that's where you should be spending your time. And quite frankly, that is another reason why folks who do have thriving businesses and the skills to do financial modeling come to us is because they don't want to spend. They can perhaps spend the time fiddling around in spreadsheets, but again, their value add is not, let me make this column not 12 pixels wide, but 10 and a half pixels wide because it prints out slightly better. Or let me, you know, figure out how is it that I'm going to model this waterfall, which is a little bit different than anything I've done in the past. Their value add is, listen, when a transaction becomes in play, I get the first call, right? Why do I get the first call? Why does someone reach out to me? Well, first of all, because they know me, right? You certainly can't get that phone call if nobody knows you. And then secondly, because they hopefully like you, right? That never hurts. But the second layer of them knowing you is that also knowing that you have the capacity to do that type of transaction, right? There needs to be awareness 
and then confidence that you could pull it off. If people, if they're shopping a deal, whether they're doing it privately or they're going to bring it to the market, you know, they don't want to spend time having conversations about it with people who can't actually execute on it. So your biggest asset as a principal really, well, one of the biggest assets is, is deal flow. So that's what I would say, focus on your deal flow. How do you get more opportunities to come your way? So again, awareness, yeah. building of confidence, you know, in the people that you do know, letting them know what is your strategy, what are your capacities, you know, what types of deals are you looking for? You have to be out there in the mix. You have to be known and perceived as active. Nice. What would you say is the number one thing that's contributed to your success? My stubbornness. I just don't like not being able to do something that I want to do. And you have to be persistent. This is my 10th year running my business and I've made so many mistakes and I've failed in a lot of minor ways, not a major ways. But you know, most businesses don't make it past a year or maybe even you know six months or what have you. And you have to be willing to just keep doing it, even if you skin your knee. You know, my daughter, with her learning how to ride her scooter and ride her bike and try to do car wheels, reminds me of these things. You know, if you fall down, just get up, right? You have to get up and you have to keep at it. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to accomplish what you're doing. So. I think being persistent and stubborn about what you want to achieve is really critical and treating people in a way that they will want to work with you more than once is important. You know, there's all sorts of people out there in business and in real estate and real estate is just a part of the business world. And, you know, some people will walk away from a relationship and say, wow, that was awful. Right. And other people will walk away from relationships and say, wow, that was a positive experience. And it doesn't mean that you have to be a pushover, right? But I think being fair and respectful and protective of those that you're doing business with and considerate is really a key thing. And, you know, God willing, we're all going to live long lives. And, you know, modern medicine, we'll all be, you know, still talking about real estate 40, 50 years from now and still hopefully doing some deals all right. at, that, at that ripe old age. And so, your reputation is really, really key. And that comes from how you carry yourself. Unfortunately, we are out of time, but tell the listeners how they can learn more about you and, and your platform, how they can get in touch with you and also your book. Yes, absolutely. So the website is getrefm.com. REFM stands for Real Estate Financial Modeling. You can find everything there, including this book, I co-authored this book with Dr. Peter Lineman, founder of the real estate department at the Wharton School. I was blessed to have Peter as a professor when I was an MBA student, and naturally we've stayed in touch and we we're collaborators on this. We we're also bringing out a dedicated certification program that ties to the textbook, which is going to be coming out this spring slash summer and it's going to be terrific we have other certification programs for hard technical skills we have our software we have private coaching it's all at the website and we would be happy to hear from you and assist and appreciate the opportunity to be on today awesome thank you for your time Bruce. i really appreciate you being on the show and i appreciate the listeners being with us today i hope you all will reach out to bruce and i hope you will take him up on the services he provides and, and the training and the book as well. 
but also go to lifebridgecapital.com and connect with me as well as the Facebook group, The Real Estate Syndication Show, so we can all learn from experts like Bruce and grow our businesses together. We'll talk to each of you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.